Hello and welcome back to That's Debatable. I'm Miles. And I'm Creed Finnefrock. Today we're going to be debating cancel culture, which even, even the utterance of the phrase can be controversial. So yeah, this should be fun. Just a reminder that any opinions we express here do not represent KMIH or even our own opinions. So Creed, why don't you get us started? Yeah, uh, so... In this episode, I'm going to be going over the side that's saying, you know, cancel culture is a good thing and it brings a lot of good to the world. And then Miles is going to be arguing against that. All right. So to kick us off, um, one of the main things that people on this side of the issue will often say is that cancel culture brings to light a lot of the problems that people have done in their past and can hold uh, celebrities or people higher in power accountable or kind of more at the level of the average person. Um, And, you know, just so that, you know, they know that they can't be excused for some of the things they have done in the past. Could you give an example of that? Yeah. Some examples of can you know, people that get canceled um, include uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Shane Dawson, or or Latita Wright. Um, Ellen, because, you know, it was found out that she kind of created this extremely toxic work environment and then Shaden Dawson for, you know, inappropriate jokes, um, blackface, stuff like that. And then Latita Wright, because um, uh, she posted some videos that were pretty questionable in what the content was. Um, and people interpreted it as she was supporting it. So those are some examples of, you know, people who have been canceled and when cancel culture has been uh, kind of effective in doing its job in a sense, not necessarily you know, doesn't mean it's always for the right reason, but it's, it's some examples there. So. Yeah. One thing I researched was that famous people can't really be canceled. And so trying to cancel them is kind of futile. Like you can take away stuff from them. Like Dr. Seuss is kind of has been famous the last few weeks for um, his controversies. I don't think that canceling him actually affected his business negatively if anything it probably brought more attention to him and i think you said something about jk rowling earlier off camera that yeah when she was canceled her sales actually went up yeah in europe her sales went up so that's an example of i guess a failed canceling yeah Um, so oftentimes by cancel culture they try to cancel people but actually uh just bring them more success and yeah, it, it, there is one thing, though, that, you know, actually kind of affected our school with the J.K. Rowling incident. Um, so we were supposed to have a Harry Potter day. I don't remember if you can remember this. I, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we were supposed to have a Harry Potter day uh, last year. I think right before COVID hit or no, I think it was this year. Yeah. Um, right. Once we got back into school and it was ended, it ended up being shut down um, because of some of the stuff that JK Rowling had said. Um, and then it, you know, they changed it last minute. Um, but the whole school had voted for a Harry Potter day pretty mm-hmm. much. So that was a incident that, you know, how that cancellation kind of directly affected us, which is kind of interesting, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if it, it's ineffective against famous people a lot of times, but it seems like where people are most effective, affected by this is people who have an influence but aren't that famous as to where their, 
where they'll be protected otherwise. Like yeah. one example is there is this USC professor. So that's kind of the level I'm talking about where known by mm. a lot of people, but not famous. So this USC professor was a Chinese teacher. And when teaching, he said a word that apparently sounded like the N-word according to students. But except the word that he said literally means that in Chinese. And yeah. the school's alumni and like actual Chinese speakers noted that he actually pronounced the word correctly and they supported the teacher. But um, that wasn't enough. And he was placed on leave by the administration after students claimed that their mental health was affected and quote that he quote offended all the black members of our class. So it just kind of seems like why? Well, first of all, what the students don't know anything, right? <laughs> They're being taught. So what right do they have to cancel him because they think he mispronounced a word? Well, like I can kind of understand a little bit why they would be concerned. Um, so I grew up in China. I speak Chinese pretty much fluently. And so, you know, that word, if, if said wrong, yeah, you can definitely hear it um, in the wrong way. And so I can understand why, you know, if someone wasn't paying attention or something and then just heard it, maybe they could have thought, you know, hey, this is a problem. And so I think part of their reasoning is that there was a chance or like, you know, maybe he did somehow say it wrong. Um, but I do think that is one example of cancel culture that really, you know, shouldn't have happened. Um, I think there are, you know, there's like things, you know, people have done bad things and cancel culture has held them accountable. But I think this is one of the, you know, examples that maybe that it happened in the wrong way. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another issue I want to bring up with um, cancel culture is the role that social media plays, like psychologically, mm -hmm. scientifically. So um, I'm going to read a quote from Psychology Today on that kind of role. It says, internet platforms are structured to get a payout from high emotion and clickability. Canceling and calling out posts fit perfectly into that paradigm. Commenting is instantly rewarding and nasty and demeaning comments aimed at trolls or deplorables allow commenters to feel morally and intellectually superior. The act of canceling is self-sealing as it protects the commenters from considering opposing opinions and critiquing, critiquing their own position. Wow, that's a really interesting quote right there. Mm -hmm. So the way I see cancel culture, it's kind of a sub-genre of boycotting because boycotting has always been around. Yeah. And... I'd say boycotting is more for people who do like super serious things like like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. But yeah, those those or people like a company doing something bad, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I feel like cancel culture is a bit separate because it's more for the virtue signaling of the people commenting than actually trying to get justice or something mm -hmm. like that. And you, oftentimes the person they're canceling isn't doing much harm or if they have done harm, then it was like 30 years ago or something. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Um, but I think what a lot of the social media aspect is, um, is that it can bring a, more attention to everyone. 
And I think sometimes if people are commenting, it's just kind of to, you know, chip in with their agreement of why they think this person should be canceled or something. So yes, there are people out there that take advantage of it. Um, but then there's also people who try to, you know, take this problem and then spread awareness, I guess, in a sense, and kind of make it known to the world that, hey, this person did something wrong. We got to think more closely about, you know, stuff that they are doing now or stuff they've done in the past and kind of question what they're doing. So I think there are aspects of, you know, people doing, taking cancel culture and then using it the wrong way um, for their own gain. But I think for the majority of people that are on social media or commenting, it's kind of to show, you know, hey, I, I don't agree with what this person did. And I think that we should try to, you know, make sure no one else does stuff like this. Well, I think one thing you said is definitely true. But I think you have to put the emphasis on I. Because it, it really is about that. The it's about I commenting. don't agree. Yeah. It, it's not really about canceling that person. It's about making yourself. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, everyone kind of likes to call out someone else because it just makes them seem better. I guess I guess it makes sense. But then also, you know, there is an aspect of people who are just trying to bring it to others and just show them like, hey, don't do this. So there's an aspect of it that's, you know, that's pretty good, you know, showing people and being like, hey, there's, there's a problem with this. And then it also kind of shows how social norms may have changed over time, right? Stuff that's happened 50, 60 years ago, a lot, you know, quite a few of those things could be interpreted as something that's to be frowned upon now. And so what that does is, it, you know, people on social media kind of control a bit how that changes. And uh, I think it also, it kind of shows the direction that we're all moving in um, as a society. Mm -hmm. So I think it can bring awareness to that too, you know, with, the good things that were changing or, you know, the bad things that were changing. So, yeah, I've heard that there's a difference between cancel culture and something called call out culture. Yeah. And cancel culture, you're trying to like completely cancel the person, deplatform them and make sure they can't um, influence anyone anymore. But in call out culture, it's simply calling out what they did wrong. And I feel like that's more healthy because like we've all done stuff wrong in our lives. Yeah. So it's kind of hypocritical to say that someone shouldn't have a platform just because they're more in the public eye and they have a bigger microscope on them. Because yeah. we've all said and done things that we regret. Yeah, um, that is for sure that there are times when, you know, people in the public eye definitely do have a bigger, <clears throat> you know, bigger consequence, I guess. But then a lot of it, as you were saying earlier, is, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out and it could end up even helping them in a sense. So there is an aspect of, you know, hey, this person did something wrong. If we cancel them, they could pretty much lose their job or whatever. But then if it's someone, you know, at a smaller scale, like you were saying, maybe they only get, you know, like lose a couple of friends or something. So there is a big difference in how it happens, but then there's also the big difference in, you know, the amount of people that are looking up to you. And so I think that's a good reason why there is a bigger um, emphasis at times on the people who are higher in power. Mm -hmm. And so it keeps them more in check because they know that, Hey, there's more I have to lose in a sense. 
because um, there's so many people looking up to me. Okay, so an- another example of cancel culture kind of going wrong is at another college, actually, uh, called Skidmore College. There was an art professor, and he attended a pro-police rally at a park. And for about like 20 minutes, he just stood at the side of the rally, just observing, not saying anything, not holding signs or chanting or anything. But when Skidmore students saw that he was there, they they called him out for being at an, quote, anti-Black Lives Matter protest, and they called for him to be fired. And But yeah, the protest was intended to be a positive event to humanize the police, but he still got canceled by his students. And they didn't even reach out to him before demanding that he was to be fired. Wow. That is a very kind of crazy situation there. And um, like your first example that you said um, with the other college professor, what is it with colleges? Um, but I, I think there are parts where cancel culture can, you know, definitely do more harm than good. But I think the majority of cancel culture, at least presented by the side, you know, that I'm arguing for, you know, it does state that, hey, it brings more good and more awareness and more, you know, understanding of an issue than it does harm. So, you know, when, when there's like a good movement, sometimes it's going to take, you know, good people with it, even if it's wrong. So I'm not saying that everything in that situation was justified, but I also think that there, there can be issues with how it's done. So I think one of the important aspects of cancel culture um, is to always read between the lines, do your research on the actual situation before you do um, what this article said, your due diligence of um, canceling someone or, you know, having some sort of repercussions. So I think that would be a more effective way for cancel culture to work. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they wanted to make it even, even stronger, I guess. But that's the thing is, I don't feel like cancel culture does their due diligence when they cancel someone. It just seems like they're going with what's popular and it's just a mob mentality. So it Mm -hmm. could be good or it could be bad, but there certainly isn't much thinking behind its decisions. So oftentimes people think that cancel culture is only propagated by like the right wing. But there's actually something that Obama said. He said that cancel culture supports a simplistic worldview and promotes the idea that a person is no better than the worst choice they've ever made. And that the demands for purity and the lack of tolerance for ambiguity are unrealistic. And another point that proves that it's not necessarily just a right wing concept is that when Colin Kaepernick got canceled is for anyone who doesn't know, he was famous for being an NFL quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. And he started causing controversy when he was kneeling during the national anthem. And his logic was that he couldn't support America for like the violence, I think, and police brutality against black people. And And just America's history too. Yeah. And so his conscience wouldn't let him stand during the national anthem. So he started to kneel. But 
unfortunately, fans, um, I think the president at the time and the owners, they all applied pressure to get him kicked out of the league. And with all of that drama, he never got another NFL job, despite still being a capable QB that once led his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I can see how, you know, cancel culture does happen on both sides, and it doesn't necessarily mean that both sides are right um, in some of these scenarios. But yeah, um, and another thing is that without cancel culture, there could, you know, there could very well be many people out there who have done a lot of things wrong that still end up having a ton of power or influence. Um, you know, people that have made, you know, very questionable statements or very harmful statements or you know have done a lot of bad things in their past could have a really you know prominent platform and then people could still be you know maybe learning some of that behavior that's presented by them and that's something we don't want and so that's you know an example of how cancel culture actually can help um and can just you know it can shut down people who have done a lot wrong in their past could you bring up another example of like how it could be good with someone who does something really bad. Yeah. So another example, I guess, of cancel culture, um, when they effectively, you know, helped cancel someone who did some really bad stuff would be uh, Larry Nassar. He was a USA gymnastics national team doctor. Um, and he is a convicted sex offender. Um, and he did a lot of very bad stuff and cancel culture really brought awareness to that. Um, and really helped a lot of the people who accused him of those things to get traction on what they were saying um, and get him to become convicted and, you know, pay for what he had done. Um, So that's an example of when cancel culture actually really helped out. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that's cancel culture because it is like a big group working together to get someone like out of their job and in this case convicted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in this case, that's definitely like a very good thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that fits into what I would usually think of cancel culture, but there's not really a solid definition. A couple more points of some of the problems with cancel culture is that it doesn't necessarily account for the fact that people can change. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes uh, people are canceled for things they said a long time ago. Like, I'll give you an example here. There's this guy, uh, Neil Golightly, something like that. Was He was a Boeing communications boss, and he resigned last year in 2020 over something he wrote in 1987, over 30 mm-hmm. years ago, that an employee just recently complained about. And so as a 27-year-old in Boeing, he argued that women shouldn't be able to serve in the military as that topic was debated at the time. That wasn't, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a consensus back then like there is now. And he admits openly that his statements were embarrassingly wrong and offensive. Yeah. Except Boeing board members apparently didn't want any more distractions. And this isn't necessarily cancel culture because he was kind of canceled by his own company. But I think it's still kind of a result of cancel culture because they're afraid of him being canceled and bringing a distraction to Boeing. Yeah. And yeah, as I said, this happened in 1987. Should we really be canceling someone over what they said 30 years ago? 
Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point that you're bringing up. And I think there is um, definitely ground to what you're saying. Um, but I think, you know, there people, no matter what, they shouldn't, you know, they should always be held accountable for what they've done. Um, even if it's not necessarily the most justified, you know, maybe they do change, but it's still, you know, making sure that they do consider the stuff that they've done and then, you know, try to change based off of that. So, you know, I think it is a little bit weird to look back 30 years after something happened and then be like, Oh, now I have a problem with this. Yeah. Um, but I think it can bring to light some, some good aspects of, or, you know, some of the problems that people have created and then, you know, see if how, how they have changed or how they haven't. So it, it, in that sense, it's not necessarily as much of a canceling. It's more of a, have you, do you admit that this is wrong? Like, do you, or, or have you changed for the better? So, yeah, I, I definitely think that it should be and can and should be brought to the people's attention, but I don't know if there should be like that much consequences because it happened so mm -hmm. long ago. Um, it'd be kind of like if someone today got accused for eating meat when in like 50 years when everyone's vegan, you know? Yeah. I guess that, that does make some sense, but yeah, it's also, even though, even though we know today that there are like benefits to like being vegan and like, it's like good yeah. for the environment and stuff. It's still not, there's not a consensus. And like, let's say further down the line when there is, then like the vast majority of us would get blamed, but it was yeah. kind of different because of what time we were in. Yeah. I mean, that is something to think about because you don't want to, you don't want to do something now and then have repercussions in the future, I guess, um, when you didn't even know that, you know, it could be interpreted as wrong. I mean, people from a hundred years ago, we would, we look at a lot of stuff they've done and been like, oh, that's terrible. But then back in their time, it may have been somewhat normal, um, not excusing everything, but you know, there's still aspects of holding the people accountable because um, maybe there was still understanding at that time of, you know, this is wrong. But even if it was somewhat a social norm, um, if, you know, they still understood it was wrong, I think it, you know, they should be somewhat held accountable. Um, so there are, you know, things in cancel culture that we do have, you know, people do have to figure out with how, how they manage that or how they look into issues. But then there is there can be a good side to it. So the final point I'll make today is that cancel culture isn't effective oftentimes because it accuses someone of doing something wrong without seeking to have a conversation or to try and change the person's point of view or even see where they're coming from because it shuts off communication between the person being canceled and the people that are canceling. There's no opportunity for someone to change their mind. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting point. And, um, you know, it does bring up some issues with how cancel culture works. All right, I think we're going to end it here for this week. Um, remember to join us again next week at this time. Uh, we'll be going over another topic, another good topic. And um, just a reminder that uh, the things that we stated don't necessarily reflect our own opinions or the opinions of KMIH. Uh, we're just trying to bring, bring you both sides of this issue and what 
they might say in these scenarios. Um, oh, we also have a podcast now on Spotify. Uh, be sure to tune into that too. It's, you know, that's debatable. You'll find us there pretty easily. I think we're one of the top choices. Um, and so, yeah, you can hear more of us on that. Here are previous episodes and uh, we may upload some more random stuff, hopefully, um, if we get around to it. Um, but in the meantime, stay tuned to KMIH 88.9 The Bridge uh, for more music and conversation that spans generation. generations. Peace out. <laughs>